NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Milak. You're listening to Hot of Fame, the podcast where we break down former athletes and decide whether or not you're going to call to the hall. On today's special podcast, we are not talking about any Hall of Famers, but we're going to talk about potential Hall of Famers down the road, way down the road, because we are doing a 2021 NBA draft recap today. The NBA draft was last Thursday. 60 players were picked. And what I'm going to do today is, one, I'm just going to give a quick recap of the draft. And then what I'm going to do after that is give a list of the top five players from the draft that I think have the most potential to end up in the Basketball Hall of Fame. So the way, 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 way too early Hall of Fame predictions from Pot of Fame. I did this last year. I had a lot of fun. I'm going to do it again this year. NBA Draft is one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, so I had to do this. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you watch the draft at all, you're going to know Kendrick Perkins was covering the draft for ESPN. He could pr- not pronounce anyone's name correctly. I'm going to try to do a better job than him. But if you listen to the podcast, you know I have trouble with pronunciation at times. So if I mispronounce a player's name wrong, please forgive me. But with kind of the the overview of what I'm going to do today out of the way, let's get to the uh, draft analysis. All right. So before I get to the top five players in the draft that have the highest Hall of Fame potential in my Hall of Fame potential in my eyes, I want to kind of quickly run through the draft and, and my overall thoughts. So what I'm actually going to do is kind of go through the picks one by one. And trust me, this will not take very long. I'm going to try to wrap this up in 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes I'll just kind of say the name. Other times I might give a little brief thought on, on what I thought of that player. I'll do the whole first round and I might skim the second round just for kind of key highlights. So, you know, first overall pick, it was the Detroit Pistons. I don't think there was any controversy here. It was going to be Cade Cunningham. There was some smoke screen saying maybe it's Jalen Green. Maybe it's Evan Mobley. It was always going to be Cade Cunningham. Uh, I won't go too much into him uh, because he is one of my top five guys uh, in terms of the Hall of Fame. I'm uh, most likely in the Hall of Fame, but I think the Pistons got uh, a franchise player. Um, I think Cade Cunningham is going to come in immediately uh, and be the Pistons' best player. I don't know if that's saying too much, but love the pick by uh, the Pistons with Kate Cunningham. The Rockets went with Jalen Green, number two. Now, people love Jalen Green. He did not go to college. I think all you know, he went to Ignite, so he played in that G League uh, league and got paid for it. Uh, 6'5", guard, really young, super athletic. I'm not as high on Jalen Green as a lot of people. A lot of people are like, oh, he could be Bradley Beal. He could be Zach Levine. He's going to be this. He could lead the league in scoring. I see him more as an OJ Mayo, uh, which is not great. Uh, he came out, you know, highly touted out of, out of USC. He played for the Grizzlies for a little bit, a couple other teams. He just never materialized. He had all the talent in the world, never materialized. I think he was 6'5'2". Jalen Green him, reminds me of OJ Mayo, which is not great. Uh, could be very wrong there, but the Jalen Green pick by the Rockets, um, number two, that kicks off one of their four draft picks, and I thought they had a really good draft. Jalen Green could turn out really well. I could be wrong. Uh, Cleveland then goes and gets Evan Mobley, who I love. We're going to go him a little later. Scotty Barnes was fourth. This was the big surprise of the draft. 
Uh, Raptors take Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. I don't like the pick at all. Uh, the Raptors are obviously uh, obsessed with length. They got Pascal Skiakam. They have OG Abanoi. Um, Scotty Barnes seems like a very worse version than both of those players. Six seven, super long, can guard all five positions. Everyone's obsessed with that, but he cannot score to save his life. And I don't see that developing. His free throw shooting was miserable. He shot 28% from three. Maybe Toronto can develop him, but I just see him as a defense specialist that maybe averages like 11, 12 points a game. Doesn't really impact the, the game in other ways outside of the defense. I just don't get it. I think he's a pure potential guy. And these guys always get drafted. People fall in love with the body types, fall in love with what they could do and be like, oh, all these dudes work on his scoring. Well, you know, you look at past drafts of recent years, players like Stanley Johnson, uh, Justice Winslow. Those are the same kind of guys, right? They have these body types. You think they can develop into something and they just never materialize. I feel like Scotty Barnes is going to be in that category. So Raptors, I thought, reached. I really thought they should take Jalen Suggs, who the, the Magic did at five. And I think the Magic had a great dr uh, draft. They got Jalen Suggs at five and they got Franz Wagner at eight. I thought they did excellent. Um, good job by them. Uh, going to Jalen Suggs a little later, but I think he's going to be a, a bona fide player in the NBA. The Thunder really threw people for a loop at six. Josh Giddy out of Australia was their pick. Interesting pick, you know, six, eight kind of point guard. Really good passer. Can't really do anything else. I look at him as a less athletic Lonzo Ball, perhaps. He's kind of like Doncic in the fact that he. He's not very fast, but he kind of, you know, hurts and like, jerks back and forth and kind of throw people off balance. And he can get to the spots he needs to to make the pass. Will he be ever any more than a guy who maybe gets like seven assists a game, 10, 10 points, five boards? I don't know. Uh, I don't love the pick, but I'm interested in the potential. He could kind of just be like an Evan Turner, Kyle Anderson type guy. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. And Jonathan Kaminga went seven to Golden State. So Kaminga to me, is probably the most polarizing player in the draft. I don't really know what to do with him. One, I love his name. Jonathan Kaminga is a great name. Uh, I'm a sucker for falling in love with good names. I want him to be good. He's going to a great situation. Gold State can learn from Draymond Green, you know, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr. It's a great situation to fall into. I just, he's so raw. I, I don't know what he ends up being. He could fall in that camp, like the Barnes camp, right? Where it's like, oh, he has all the... He has all the traits you want an NBA player, but he can't put together. So is Kaminga another, you know, Josh Jackson, a more powerful Josh Jackson from Kansas who never panned out or like a Kevin Knox type Derek Williams right out of Arizona. Number two, pick that one draft. Like, is he one of those guys? Great potential, big body. Looks like he can do a lot, but never puts it together. I kind of feel like it. I hope he pans out. I just don't know if I see that. He seems like a good kid, but it can he has all the physical traits, but is he put together? I don't know. Again, eight was Franz Wagner out of Michigan, Orlando Magic. So I like Franz Wagner on paper. In the tournament, though, he was terrible. If you watch the tournament for Michigan, he really fell apart. I think in the, in the final few games Michigan was playing, that really turned me off of him. Could have just been a couple bad games, sure. Uh, he's a very versatile forward. He can guard. He's he's much different than his brother. Um, I just, I could see him panning out. I think he's a role player at best, maybe the third or 
fourth guy on a team, but for the Magic, they needed someone like this. He can shoot the ball. He can defend. I like the pick for the Magic. So I think the Magic had a really good draft at five and eight with Suggs and Wagner. It's great coming out of that. I think France, Wagner is a pretty high floor, not a high ceiling, but that's fine. Number nine was interesting. Sacramento and Davion Mitchell out of, uh, out of Baylor. So Donovan Mitchell's brother. Uh, unlike Donovan Mitchell, though, he's only six feet tall. He's also already 22 years old coming out. Great score, better defender. Very curious how he fits in Sacramento. Like, even if they get rid of Buddy Heald, they, they're still the backcourts. Howard Burden, who's amazing last year, I thought. Darren Fox and now Mitchell. Uh, they could do a three-headed point guard type deal, just like the Suns did that one year with, who was it? It was like Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas, and I'm forgetting the last person. They had a they had a three-headed point guard experiment once where they're like, oh, we're gonna outsmart the rest of the league. It was Isaiah Thomas Bledsoe and someone else? I'll look it up at some point. Um, but it didn't work. I don't know if it's gonna work in Sacramento, but I do like the pick to some extent. Uh, a lot of people hate it. I think Davon Mitchell's a winner. I think last year they went with Halliburton a winner. I think it's important to get winners into Sacramento. So will it work out? I don't know, but, but I don't hate the pick as much as maybe other people do. So Davion Mitchell, we'll see what happens there. Zaire Ta- or Williams from Stanford went 10. Zaire Williams is another guy who has this body, 7, 8, 180 pounds. Like, does he fill it out? Does he learn how to score effectively? I'm not sure. I think, I think this might be someone who fades out of the league pretty quickly on the Grizzlies though. You know, they got JJJ, they got John Morant. They got a bunch of athletes. They're adding another one in. Can he develop into a shooter? Those again, the big question he shot. He only had 11 points per game last year on Stanford as a freshman, 29% from three, but 80% from the line. So again, whenever someone has a great free throw percentage, I always think they can develop eventually or see if he can, but that kind of rounds up the top 10. I was surprised he fell in there, but, or see if he works out for the Grizzlies. 11, the Hornets got James Booknight out of UConn. So James Booknight flew up the draft boards. They thought he could go as high as like five or six at some point uh, in, the, in the mock draft, six, four guard. I'm not as high on him as other people are. He's a shot getter, but you know, will he shoot a high percentage from the field? I don't know. Like he, he killed it in workouts, but he shot 30% from three at UConn. I'm a guy who looks at percentages. I don't look at workouts. Mark Sanchez in football, Mitchell Trubisky in football, they trick you in workouts. The same can happen in basketball. Exhibit A, Darko Milicic. Like I I don't trust that pick. Good for the Hornets for getting good value at 11. I just don't know if, you know, him and Be- 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 or Ball, you know, maybe they can like be an excellent backcourt for the Hornets. I just don't know if I see... Him being that great, he could be more of like a Jordan Clarkson, if anything else. You know, not a high field goal percentage bucket getter. Uh, I could see him more as a six man down the road than an actual like good starting shooting guard, but he can prove me wrong there. 12 is where it really gets weird. I think San Antonio Spurs are losing their touch. Whenever the Spurs would pick someone, I just assumed they were going to be good. I'd be like, oh, perfect landing spot, Spurs. But they went with Joshua Primo from Alabama. Um, can't say I really watched or know much about Joshua Primo. I saw him as like a late first round, early second round prospect. He's a freshman out of Alabama. My girlfriend, who's a diehard Kentucky fan, watches every Kentucky game. 
Alabama played Kentucky multiple times. She had never heard of him. That's probably not great to begin with. And if you couldn't make your mark as a freshman at Alabama, I don't know what you develop and do now. He's super raw Spurs develop players. Well, but I don't know how I feel about that. I think there's some other players that are a lot more Spurs, normal sport Spurs picks. I don't know if Popovich and team are losing their touch or Primo's going to shock us all and be great, but I don't really like that pick. 13 seems much more of a Spurs pick. Um, Chris Durante out of Oregon. He went to the Pacers. He's great. He is who the Warriors wanted at 14. He's 23 years old already, but he's 6'6". Shoots a very high percentage from the floor. Was excellent at Oregon. Shot 42% from three, 81% from the line, 17 points a game. This is a guy who I, I hate the... Oh, I don't want him because he's 23. I'd rather draft a guy who has raw potential but can barely shoot from the floor. I'm a completely opposite. Give me Chris any day. I think the Pacers got a great shooter. I think this guy can come in and this year average 14, 15 points a game. I think he's exactly who the Warriors uh, need. And I, I think if um, I think the Warriors were rumored to be trying to trade up at, like, or trade for him after the Pacers draft him, but I don't think the Pacers. Really want to get rid of him. So great pick by Indiana. Glad to have him in the East. At 14, uh, to end the lottery, Golden State ends up with Moses Moody. Uh, he is out of Arkansas, freshman. Again, a lot of potential. He's like a 3 and D guy. I can't say I watched him too much at Arkansas, but I actually knew who he was in the SEC outside of Primo. He could develop into something um, of, of a good defender, good role player for those Warriors. I like this pick actually better than Kaminga. I think Moody could contribute before Kaminga, but I think both the Warriors picks were a little riskier than I maybe I thought that they were going to try to go for someone who was ready to play with Clay coming back, Steph, Clay, Green, Wiseman, someone that could insert the lineup and play big minutes. I don't know if either of these guys can, but maybe they can. 15, uh, Wizards went with Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, great three-point shooter. I don't know if he's going to be able to do much else, but he can drain buckets. 16, uh, here's where the pronunciation, if I haven't already got someone wrong, I'm going to start getting them wrong here. So this is the big guy um, who came out of the Turkish League. He won the Turkish League MVP at 18 years old. Alpern Sungun, I think that's kind of close. This guy is a monster scorer. I'm going to talk about him later, though, so I'm going to kind of skip ahead. He was the second of four Rockets picks. New Orleans went with Trey Murphy out of Virginia, who I didn't know much about, but he's six foot eight. And shoots 43% from three, 93% from the line. Again, I love guys with great slash lines. This guy, excellent slash line. I've just been kind of reading not the most athletic guy, but can play defense and shoot high percentage. I think this is a steal for the New Orleans at 17. 18, Trey Mann out of Florida. Um, this is going to the Thunder. I think this is a pretty safe pick. I don't think anything be more than a bench guy. 19, Kai Jones. The Hornets drafted him. This guy is boomer bust potential written all over him. Out of Texas, great suit, by the way. He wore the pink suit. It was awesome. He's from the Bahamas. He can shoot from three. Shot 39% on 33 attempts last year. Not a great rebounder for his size at 6'10", but can develop. Good shot blocker, though. Freak athlete. I could see Ball throwing up lobs all day to Kai Jones. Um, so I could see him really developing. He almost made my top five list, just fell off. 20s, Jalen Johnson out of Duke. I don't know how to feel about Jalen Johnson. Everything about him seems like he could be a star, and I like Atlanta taking a risk on him at 20. 
but he like switched schools almost every year in high school. He dropped out of Duke after a, a few games. All the skill set in the world, but he seems like a problem. Uh, we're seeing Nate McMillan kind of get the most of him in, in Atlanta, but this could be a very good pick for Atlanta if he pans out. 21, Keon Johnson, the Clippers. I keep calling Keon Johnson uh, Steve Francis 2.0 because he has a 48-inch vertical leap. He's completely raw in terms of everything about him, but he could develop do at minimum a slam dunk competition champion. Uh, he could though, his potential to be a lot more than that. It'll be interesting if he can develop, but he can't really shoot at all right now. So he might just be a dunker that really does nothing more than that. 22 Indiana Pacers with Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky, big guy, 6'10, 206, a bean pole, but he's a shot blocker. Uh, he's a rim running guy. If I, uh, miles Turner gets out of there, he could be someone that's, you know, dunking the ball, sh- blocking shots, being like a Clint Capella light, but not as good of a rebounder. Um, I think he's a lot of potential there. Uh, the Kentucky guys, I really like him. So he could become uh, some something big. The next two picks were both Rockets picks, 23 and 24. Uh, 23 was Usman Garoba. Garoba. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Out of Real Madrid, 6'8", 19-year-old, super athletic, excellent defender, can guard multiple positions. Really like him. Um, going to the Rockets. Really love this pick, actually. Can shoot the ball a little bit. He has potential to develop into a better shooter. 32% from three at Real Madrid. But this guy is like a... Who would I compare him to? High-energy guy. Think of like... Remember when Kenneth Fareed came out? Think of a not-as-good rebounding Kenneth Fareed. Great defender, high-energy. He's going to come in there, um, give you everything he has. High-motored guy. Never is going to score a bunch of points ever. I don't see that developing for him. But the Rockets have Jalen Green already uh, to score. They also, their 24th pick guy is a bucket getter. And their center they picked out of Turkey, the MVP, um, Sagoon, he's a bucket getter. So this is a perfect role guy for their lineup. So like him at 23. 24 is Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. This guy just gets buckets. That's about all he does. Um, six foot three. Not a high percentage guy, but can shoot um, and make a lot of bucks. He's not going to play. I'm trying to think of, I don't even like this comp that much, but like a Deion Waiters, just going to come in, score a bunch. He's going to be, I, I think, more of a bench guy for them. Him and Jalen Green might fight each other and kill each other at the end of the day just because of how much they're going to both want the ball. But I kind of like as a spark plug off the bench. 25, Quinn Grimes from the Knicks. The Knicks traded out of two different draft positions to get Grimes. Grimes went to Kansas as like a highly touted prospect. He probably was like a McDonald's All-American guy. Kind of didn't do well there. Transferred to Houston. I think he's a lot of potential. 6'4 guard. Um, I feel though him and Quickly kind of similar guys. So I don't really know how they fit together. But we'll see what he ends up doing. Can shoot the three ball, which is great for him. So, you know, you can never have too much shooting in the NBA. 26. So I'm not going to lie. I did not know who this guy was before the draft. But I've been reading a lot about him. I kind of like him now. Um Nishan Highland out of VCU. So six foot two guard, but averaged 20 points a game for VCU, two steals. Really good shooter, apparently. Could come off the bench and maybe help Denver. Um, similar to when they had like Malik Beasley, they had to get rid of him. He could be that kind of uh, guard that comes off the bench and provides scoring, uh, you know, spelling Jamal, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Jamal, yeah, Jamal Murray at times. So I like, I like that pick. I don't know anything about him though. Cameron Thomas out of LSU went to the Nets, another bucket getter. Jane Springer went to the Sixers. Uh, he's a point guard. 
that can shoot the ball. Shot 44% from three for Tennessee. Great on-ball defender. Really like this if they get rid of Simmons. You know, Springer's not a great distributor, so not great there as a point guard, but plays defense, can shoot the ball. I really like him on the Sixers. They definitely need that. Uh, Dayron Sharp went to North Carolina. This guy's an excellent offensive rebounder. I think of Tristan Thompson. He's 6'11", 265. So he's maybe uh, Tristan Thompson without the infidelity issues, hopefully. Uh, And then 30 is a guy, again, another guy I actually did not know before the draft. Santi Aldama from Loyola. 6'11", 224, shot 37% from three, averaged 21 and 10 there. Good for him. I mean, this seems like a bench guy coming off the floor for the Grizzlies, but I can't say I've watched too much film or know much about him. And that was the Grizzlies pick, and that rounds out the um, the, the first round. So I'm not going to go through the whole second round here, but uh, a couple players I do want to call out. One, my Chicago Bulls had one pick in the draft because we – Traded our first round pick last year um, for Nikola Vucevic, who um, I think I got that right. And he plays for my Bulls. That's so sad. I can't pronounce that correctly. Anyway, Vuce um, did not get to the Bulls to the playoffs. So we only had one first round or second round or one pick this year as a second rounder. We got a first round talent in the second round and we got a local kid, Io DeSumo. I practiced that one before. Uh, I think I got that right. But this is a guy who I think is going to be an excellent bull. He's a perfect, I know we don't have Tibbs anymore as a coach, but he's a Tibbs kind of guy. Two-way guard, excellent defender, can score. Uh, His shot's not great, but I think he can um, develop because he seems like a really hard worker. Love his fit on the Bulls um, as a shooting guard on our team to spell Levine or maybe even play along uh, Levine and kind of like a maybe put Levine kind of handling the ball at point having um, IO play off him really, really like this pick great value at 30. I feel like we got a first rounder. So good job by the bulls. Um, Outside of that, only other picks, Jared Butler from Baylor fell into the second round for jazz. I really like him on the jazz. So good by the jazz to get him can definitely be a great backup to Michael Conley jr. Um, The only other players I want to call out is the Hawks King Sharif Cooper. Honestly, I thought Sharif Cooper could have been a first rounder. For the Hawks at 20, for them to give him at 48 is an absolute steal. This is a freshman who averaged eight assists a game. There's a, a stat that went up in the last, I think, 25 years. Only two players in, in college basketball have averaged 20 points per game and eight assists in their freshman year. Trey Young and Sharif Cooper. So now both are on the Atlanta Hawks. He cannot shoot anywhere close to Trey Young, but he's an excellent distributor, can score the ball, and he just seems like a guy who's a playmaker. I think he'll be in the league for many years. Sharif Cooper at 48 to back up Trey Young is an excellent value by the Hawks. So good job by the Hawks. And then the only other pick, um, Brandon Boston Jr. out of Kentucky. I believe what I'm looking at right now is he's on the Clippers. I thought he went, thought he went to New Orleans, but they might have traded. So I have him down, I guess, here on the Clippers. Um, Brandon Boston Jr. is someone who, if, there was no, uh, if you could go right from high school to the NBA, Brand Boston Jr. would have been a lottery pick. He really struggled at Kentucky. I watched him struggle. But anytime you have that like top 10 out of high school type of play and then you fall into the late second round, you grab that player. Maybe you can develop him, tap into something. Maybe you're just not being utilized correctly at Kentucky. Nothing against Cal. Just Kentucky players sometimes don't always shine there, but they shine the NBA. 
So I really like that pick, I guess, by the Clippers here. Uh, Luke Garza went to the Pistons at 52. Good for him. I feel bad when people produce that much in college and don't even get a shot at the NBA. The Tyler Hansbergs over the world used to get picked in the lottery. Now they're 52 uh, with Luke Garza here. But I think he can play in the NBA. We'll see what he can do there. So I want to call him out. And that's about it for their second round. The rest of the guys are, are foreigners who I, I honestly haven't seen too much uh, clips from or guys who are pretty solid in college that might find a way in the NBA team but might not. So that's kind of my quick uh, rundown of the, the draft in a nutshell. Who I thought had a really good draft again, the Magic at 5-8 and eight, getting Suggs, the point guard who I think should have went, honestly, before even Jalen Green. I think people have a very... They're like goldfish. They forgot about the NCAA tournament, how good Jalen Suggs was there. I think that guy's a natural-born winner. He's going to be a great NBA player. Um, and them getting Jalen Suggs at, at five, I do not care that they have Markel Fultz or Cole Anthony. You start Jalen Suggs over both of them immediately. I don't think they're going to fight him on that. I think Jalen Suggs just is the point guard there. From now on, he's the face of the franchise. So I love that pick by the Magic. I thought Franz Wagner was a really good pick at eight as well. And then I wanted to say the, um, the Rockets did good with four picks. Four picks is a lot. They actually didn't trade anything. Jalen Green, I, you know, I'm not super high on, but he is going to score. He could win rookie of the year this year just because he'll average like 20 points a game just by the number of shots he's going to get up in Houston because they're a dumpster fire of a roster right now. Their team's going to be like half rookies. So I, I like that pick just from a scoring aspect. I don't think he's going to be as great as everyone thinks he is, but I think he can play in the NBA. I really like their next two picks. Again, um, Alpern, Sengun, I think is going to be a, possibly 2010 guy in the NBA. And then they got uh, in the, the 20s, they got Usman Garuba from Spain. Again, that that versatile defender. And then Josh Christopher's a bucket getter, a Deion Waiters type heat check guy off the bench. I kind of like all four picks, some more than others. I think Houston and the Magic probably had the best drafts in my mind. Um, so that is the very, very quick rundown of the draft. We're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to go into my top five players that have the biggest hall of fame potential in in my eyes so we're gonna take a quick break or come right back all right i'm back so top five players in this draft that have the highest potential to make it into the basketball hall of fame when their careers are over so this is an impossible task uh if i get Two of these five guys get in the Hall of Fame. I would count this as a major win. Uh, and what I'm going to do here, I'm going to go five to one. So five being least likely out of these five, number one being the most likely. But all five of these guys, I think, have Hall of Fame potential for their careers based on their skill sets as well as where they were drafted. Uh, a lot of players, you know, they can get into the NBA, have all the talent in the world, but get into a bad situation and it just doesn't help them. Maybe they get traded to another team, but that rarely ends in the Hall of Fame for some. Uh, I'm not going to pick every single player from like the top five or seven or eight, even though those are probably the most likely. Um, I know that seems kind of what I'm trying to do here, but I, I do want to talk about a couple other players that are a little later in the draft. However, if you look at the hall of fame, a majority of them are top 10 guys. Uh, I mean, if you look at things like the MVP award, right? Uh, if you win the MVP award in the NBA, you are almost guaranteed to make the Hall of Fame. The only one that's going to have a tough chant or tough time is probably going to be Derrick Rose. He might be the first person to have a really tough time getting in the Hall of Fame, which is one MVP just because of the, the injury history. 
but I don't know. He's kind of, you know, he's coming around right now. Who knows? Maybe he can get to like 17,000 points, make a case. But anyway, usually winning an MVP award uh, is going to guarantee you a spot in the Hall of Fame. If you look at who's won the MVP award in terms of draft history, until Jokic kind of messed this up for me, but until uh, Nikola Jokic won the MVP award this year, and he was a second round pick. He was in like the 40s. Until he won this year, uh, the the lowest pick in NBA history to win the MVP award was Steve Nash. He was the 15th pick overall. So anyone picked after 15th and never won the MVP. So if you're picking after 15, it was like you had zero shot of ever getting an MVP. Now, Jokic is very unique. He came from overseas. We didn't know much about him. Um, but 15 was was the latest. Again, that was Steve Nash. Um, yeah, you know what? Giannis might have been 15 too. Let me check really quick. Giannis was 14 or 15. Now I'm feeling like it's Nash and Giannis. I don't want to leave Giannis out as a, and also, a two, yeah. So Giannis was 15 too in the 2013 draft. So Steve Nash and Giannis, both 15th overall, both won two MVPs. Hmm. Maybe the 15th, maybe uh, Corey Kispert from uh, Gonzaga's on track to win two MVPs. No, he's not. But um, anyway, so usually, if, unless you're a top 15 pick, you have no shot at MVP award. Uh, that does not mean you can't get in the NBA uh, or in the Basketball Hall of Fame. There's plenty of people that don't win MVP in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but that gives you a really good shot. However, what I'm trying to say here is lottery picks are in the Hall of Fame. If you're out of the lottery, it's pretty rare. However, it does happen. There are now even second-round picks that are going to be in the Hall of Fame, like Jokic. Uh, Draymond Green has a great chance at the Hall of Fame. He's a second-round pick. So it's becoming more you know, deeper talent pool with all the foreign talent. but a lot of times the top 15 guys. However, I want to give a couple guys outside the top 15. So uh, the first two guys I have are out of the top 15. And then the last three guys are very top 10 guys. But again, these are going to be roughly my top five guys for Hall of Fame purposes who have the, the, the most likely chance to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, number five, again, out of the top five is the least likely. I'm going all the way to the end of the first round. And it's Cameron Thomas out of LSU, the guard, who's going to the Brooklyn Nets to play with Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving. So he's going to a team which is stacked. However, there's a few reasons why I'm picking him. One, I think he's a top-level talent in terms of scoring. As a freshman at LSU, 23 points per game, uh, 88% from the free throw line. Again, I, I look at free throw line a lot when I'm thinking about percentages down the road, what you can come, you know, become. And then also 33% from three on 209 attempts. So not the highest percentage, but he's only 19. He's 6'4". That can improve. That free throw percentage really makes me think he can be, you know, down the road, someone that maybe gets to 38, 39% from three. Um, I don't think he's a 50, 40, 90 guy ever, but again, I think the guy can get buckets. And he's going to a team on the Nets that has NBA Finals written all over them for the next couple of years. Uh, you know, they I thought they could have made the finals this year. They almost beat the Bucks with Harden and Irving out, just with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I watched him in the Olympics this morning. He looks as good as he ever has been. I, I feel like if Harden comes back and Irving comes back, they're going to all play. They're going to be pretty unstoppable in the NBA next year. So Cameron Thomas is going to be on this team learning from those guys. Hopefully he's learning their skill habits and not their, their personality habits. Cause all three of those guys annoy me in different ways. Um, 
but he's he's an old school kind of guy who's going to get pull up jumpers and again hopefully develop a, a better three. I think Steve Nash will be able to f- find ways in the offense to have him knock down some open corner threes as well as get the ball in his hands and if he can move without the ball well. He's a pretty skilled guy doing that already. If he can learn even more, I think he can get a lot of open shots in this offense. You throw in the fact that Harden's probably going to miss some time. Irving's going to take some time off at some point. He'll probably have to fill in some big minutes even during the regular season to boost his confidence. And then come playoff time, maybe he can kind of have a role like a Tyler Hero did in the finals for the Heat a couple years ago and start building his resume at an early age. You know, I think he comes in, maybe he averages 11, 12 points on this team the first couple seasons. What if he wins two championships early on in his career? He has those two championships he's resting on. Hall of Fame championships mattered a lot. If Cameron Thomas on the Nets can win two championships, let's say, then maybe sign a big contract after his rookie contract somewhere else and be the number one or two score, average 20 points per game for his career, could be a Hall of Fame type of guy. So 19, 6, 4, 23 points per game in the SEC. Really like him as a guy that can maybe average 20 points per game down the line, but at least at first, win on the Nets, learn offensive skill sets from Irving, Harden, Durant, and really evolve into a real like the next guy either on the Nets when Durant, Harden, and Irving go to their next team or whatever, they're always leaving, going places, or sign a big contract somewhere else after his rookie season, become one of the better scorers in the league. So I really like Cameron Thomas. 27 was a steal for him by Brooklyn. I like his Hall of Fame potential. All right. So going to number four, um, this is one of the four Houston Rockets picks. And no, again, it's not Jalen Green here, but it's the big guy, Alpern Sengun. See, if I'm pronouncing his name right, I keep pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. But he's the 6'10 center out of Europe. He was the MVP of the Turkish League at 18 years old. Okay, so... Those European leagues, I don't know where the Turkish league ranks in terms of the best leagues in Europe. It's definitely behind the Spanish league. I don't know if it's on the same par as the Israel, or uh, I'm sorry, as the Italian league or some of the other foreign leagues like the Israel. I know the Israel league is really strong or the German league is pretty good, but it's up there. It's, it's a good league. It's grown men. And at 18 years old, he was the MVP of that league. So this is not fair to him at all. And they're completely different players. But, you know, Luka Doncic won an MVP in the Euro league. Um, at a very young age, and he came over here and just started dominating. He is not going to be Luka Doncic, but averaging 19 points per game in the Turkish league with grown men at, at 18 years old, um, 18, 18 years old is, is super impressive. Um, he's an old school guy, though. He would have excelled in the 90s and 2000s. Oh my gosh, he'd be, every, he'd be a top five pick in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, obviously, back to the best scores aren't as in demand today, but he could be like, um, you know, Nikola uh, Vucevic, a better Ernest Cantor, perhaps, but a guy who, if you need a bucket, can be down low and get you 18, 19, 20 points per game. He's a pretty good rebounder, too. I think he can grab nine or 10 boards a game. He uses his body well. He's 240 pounds already, could fill out even more. Um, I think he lost a bunch of weight, too, I heard. And people talk about his athleticism being low. He's a lot of low post moves, great footwork down low, a little Kevin McKaylee. Um, again, Kevin McHale wouldn't be as good in today's game, but I, I still like it down low. His footwork, very skilled down there. And you know, I was watching highlights. He's doing like 360 dunks. So I think he has really good potential. And 
in terms of like, can he step back and shoot a shot, you know, from 15 feet, 17 feet, three point line one day. I don't know if that's in his, the cards, but he shot 80% from the free throw line, which again, you've been hearing. I free throw percentage means you have potential to be a good shooter at one point. 8% from the line makes me think he can turn into a good um, shooter from the three point line. Maybe at some point extend his range out there. And then he's also a really good passer. Uh, not Jokic by any means, but he's a good, he's a good passer. So I love this pick by Houston. He's going to get the ball. I think early, even as an 18, 19 year old, Jalen green's going to be trying to score like 22 a game. Um, Sun Goon might be trying to get like 16, 17 a game. I don't know if the game goes back to centers banging down low, um, but I really do like his potential in the NBA. Some people had him in very high up in the lottery. He fell all the way to 16 to Houston. I think it's because of his game. It's a little old school. However, I, I think there's still, I think there's still room in the NBA for a guy who can go 20 and 10. And I really think he can. It's just, can he stay on the floor or is defensive? He's a really, his defense looks pretty rough. Like, can he develop into an average defender? I feel like he can just because, again, I, his footwork is so well on offense. I think that can translate to good footwork on defense. Is just, will, will, will he put the time into doing it? I don't know anything about his work ethic at all. If he does put in the time, becomes a better defender, I think this guy could be a very, very good big a very very good big in the nba a hall of fame type big in the nba so um sengun if i've been pronouncing your name wrong the whole time i apologize but he's my number four guy okay so top three guys these are all top five picks so you probably heard a lot about these guys again that's why i wanted to do two kind of outside the lottery guys and and then three lottery guys just because you probably heard about these guys the most however i'm doing top five hall of fame potential guys it's just going to be that high up sorry about that and my number three guy is, I think, one of the biggest steals of the lottery just falling to, to five, and that's Jalen Suggs going to Orlando. So 6'4 guard, uh, he's a freshman, to, uh, 19 years old. I really think of Jalen Suggs as like the next, like this guy is a winner, first and foremost. And again, Hall of Fame, a lot of it has to do with winning. He's going to bring a winning mentality to the Orlando Magic. I feel like he's Tyrese Halliburton with more potential, more athleticism, more higher ceiling. And I really liked Halliburton. He did great with the Kings last year. I think Suggs is that type of guy, but even better. I think of like a more athletic Chauncey Billups that's uh, a better scorer than Chauncey Billups. That's kind of the first one that comes to my mind. A, a quicker, um, more athletic, better shooting Chauncey Billups. So, I mean, he can defend well like Chauncey did. He's a good playmaker. Athleticism, I think, is pretty off the charts. I saw him throw down some powerful dunks. And you just got going to be a guy who does everything he takes to win. Doesn't need to score all the time, but he can score if he needs to. Can distribute the ball, be the floor general. I think he comes to Orlando as immediately the leader of that team as a rookie. That is rare. And as I'm talking about him right now, I almost feel like he should be higher in the list than three, but the thing that gives me pause is he's going to Orlando and Orlando's team. I just don't know what to make of it. It's, it's a really weird mismatch of players. They need a lot more. He's going to do the best of what he has, but you can only go so far with that team. So does he have to go somewhere else after Orlando? I don't know. Can Orlando build around him? I hope so. 
But I really think Jalen Suggs can score in the NBA, be a leader in the NBA in the East. I think he can be an all-star in the next couple of years already and begin to really build like Suggs and um, LaMelo Ball. Now there's some really fun young point guards in the East. Trey Young. I think Jalen Suggs is going to be another one. This is like the next, like we're phasing out of the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrooks um, of, of the point guard world and going into this new uh, world with the Suggses, the Trey Youngs. Um, you know, I really like Darren Fox. I don't know if he's in that level of guys potential wise nowadays, but maybe he's just stuck in Sacramento, but there's a lot of young point guard talent. I think Jalen Suggs is the next. I love him. Can he develop his three point shot? He shot 35% in Gonzaga. I thought that's really good and has potential to get higher. Um, can he get that into the 38, 39, 40 range? I think he can, which is why I think he can be a 20 points per game, nine assist four rebound guy that also gets a couple steals last year. I was looking at his steals. And he was 2.8 steals and 0.5 blocks against Zaga. He's a better defender, at least on the, on, I remember him on the ball. There's a great on the ball defender, but he actually put some numbers as well. So Jalen Suggs is exactly what you want from a point guard. I love him. I'm surprised he fell to five. I think Toronto made a huge mistake. I think they could have got Kyle Lowry's uh, replacement there at four. So I don't know if that means they're keeping Kyle Lowry or what, but Jalen Suggs, I think it's going to be, a monster could see a hall of fame career from for sure. Uh, love that pickup by Orlando, probably their first group draft pick since Dwight Howard. Yeah. Think look through them. Cause I did Dwight Howard might be their last great draft pick. So, and Dwight Howard got them in the finals is going to be a hall of famer. So set up for Jalen Suggs to make the hall of fame. All right. Number two. So you're probably thinking, am I picking Kate Cunningham or am I picking Evan Mobley here? I'm actually picking Cade Cunningham as the number two best Hall of Fame potential. And I love Cade Cunningham's game. I mean, there's very limited flaws in his game. He can shoot the ball. He can distribute. He can rebound. He has good defensive um, potential. I don't know if he's the best defender or Oklahoma State, but he has good potential there. And he seems like a winner. And I saw, uh, you see him give press conferences. It seems like he's like 27 years old already. He's 19 years old. But six foot eight point guard, I think he's what everyone would want Ben Simmons to be, where he's this big point guard who distributes, but he can also shoot mid range and three point shots. He shot 41% on 136 threes last year. Holy shit, right? Um, I, I think he's going to, again, I think he's going to be everything we wanted from Ben Simmons and more. Not as good defender as Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is an all-defensive first-team defender. But I think he can be a very serviceable defender, maybe even pick up a couple all-defensive second teams. But the scoring and the distributing, I think he can be a 20 points, eight boards guy. Like when I think of comps, I think of Penny Hardaway. I think of Grant Hill, right? Detroit Pistons, Grant Hill, he's their third pick overall. He made the Hall of Fame even with all those injuries. Cade Cunningham, I think, could be the second coming of Grant Hill. Both 6'8", both kind of point forwards, except unlike Grant Hill, Cade Cunningham will play point guard. Back when Grant Hill was playing, they still kind of wanted that traditional point guard. But Cade Cunningham is Grant Hill to me. Um, Grant Hill, those first few years in Detroit, was an All-NBA first-team guy, 20 points, nine boards, like seven assist type guy. People forget how good he was before the injuries, how athletic he was before the injuries. Just Kate Cunningham has all of those skills and more. 
I don't know what would keep him from being a multiple-time all-star, multiple-time all-NBA guy. Um, I really like him as a I, – I, I, I can't say too many bad things about him. Uh, I think he has a great shot at the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I, I'm excited for Detroit, right? Like, I haven't been excited about a Detroit team since <sighs> – Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Rasheed Walls, Ben Walls were there. Like, really? You know, he's going to go to that team, be the point guard there. They got Jeremiah Grant. Um, him and Grant, I don't, I don't know if that's the combo, but they got some rookies that made the NBA first team last year. Uh, Killian Hayes was their first-round pick next year. I really don't know what happens to him, but he definitely takes a backseat to Cade Cunningham. Killian Hayes might fall into a Frank Milokina type role of just being a guy who comes off and plays defense off the bench. But Kate Cunningham's going to come in the league and average like 18 points per game, seven assists, six boards. Um, fill it all up. So love Kate Cunningham here. I think he's definitely going to be an all-star. You know, as I'm looking through these guys, I'm talking about, you know, Cameron Thomas, Nets, Jalen Suggs, uh, Kate Cunningham, all Eastern Conference guys. The Eastern Conference got a lot of talent on Thursday night. Going to be really fun moving forward. These to conference the the shift from west to to east. The balance in the east and west is really getting pretty even now in terms of superstars, which is really exciting because the west was dominant pretty much like my whole life almost um, from like the two thousands on. After Jordan left the east, it's been the west, and now the east seems to really be getting a lot of star power, which is great because um, it's a lot better. I feel like when both leagues are balanced. So Kate Cunningham's number two, and then finally number one, Evan Mobley. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So again, another East Eastern Conference team getting a big level talent. So I love Evan Mobley. If you just watch his highlights, you're like, this is going to be the greatest player of all time. He is the creative player five you want in today's NBA. Uh, tall, seven feet, uh, skilled, excellent defender on ball and off ball, shot blocker, three blocks a game can rebound, got nine boards a game at USC. His shot has a lot of potential. Um, he shot 31% from three, which isn't terrible, has a ways to go, but his shot looks good. I think it can, um, I think it can develop into a maybe 35, 36% from the three type of guy, but he's going to be a two-way guy who comes in immediately, impacts both sides of the ball, and probably averages a 15 and 10 this year with 2.2 blocks. So I'm thinking, um, super fluid. He reminds me of like a, when KG, when Kevin Garnett came out of high school, came out of Farragut high school and came to the NBA to play for the T wolves at 18. That's the type of player and body. Evan Mobley is super skinny, skilled, good shot, shot blocker. Their demeanor is completely different. Evan Mobley seems kind of a lot calmer and, um, <laughs> you know, not as emotional. Kevin Garnett came in screaming and wanted to murder everyone. That was to his benefit. Maybe Evan can develop that and get a little meaner. That might be his biggest flaw, honestly. But Evan Mobley's versatility, his springiness, his bounciness at seven feet, he moves like a guard. Like, he moves like a guard, not to the extent that Kevin Durant does, but almost to that extent where he's kind of just, you can't believe he's seven feet tall. Like when I watch Kevin Durant, it looks like I'm watching a shooting guard, but he's seven feet. 
Evan Mobley kind of moves like that. Again, not the shooter, but he's fluid like that, right? He's fluid. His handle is feel like that. Um, excellent. Finishes around the hoop. I just think the sky's the limit for this guy. I think he's like a Kevin Garnett-Chris Bosh hybrid. Um, not saying he's going to be as good as Kevin Garnett. That's extremely big shoes to fill. But his level of athleticism around the hoop and his defensive potential is Kevin Garnett-ish. I don't think he's as good as passer as Kevin Garnett. I think he can distribute, but definitely not as good as passer as Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett. But defensively, offensively, again, I think he could end up being a 2010 guy. But all, uh, unlike Sengun, also be like a all-defensive first-team type guy. So this is the center you want in today's NBA. This is really what you need. I feel like he's a, like, we just saw DeAndre Aiden in the finals, right, for the Suns. I feel like he's a more fluid, athletic Aiden. Um, the biggest flaw is his size in terms of his skinniness. He's 215. As you saw from Chris Bosh, you know, Bosh early in his career averaged double-digit rebounds, and then as he kind of, you know, got more and more you know, developed more and more into a three-point shooter, became more and more of like a seven, eight board a game guy later in his career. I want Mobley to kind of bang down a little bit more. I think he's an excellent rebounder. I think he can get, you know, eight, nine a game in the NBA, 10 a game. Um, but his rebounding could take a hit when he's in the NBA against bigger guys. However, everyone's playing small ball today. So he'll fit right in there and maybe be able to rebound in a high clip. Um, but I just feel like everything's there. 2010, 29 guy, two, three blocks. I feel like in the East, start being an all-star in a few years. I, I'm worried about Cleveland. If I have to say anything, I'm worried about Cleveland, him going to Cleveland. I don't really know what they have right now. They have Sexton, Garland in the backcourt. Um, they have Kevin Love still. I, he, I, he dropped out of Olympics. I don't really know what his deal is going to be soon. Uh, but I, I think, I think you choose between Garland and Sexton. Maybe at some point you got Evan Mobley down low, um, and you kind of build with those two guys from there. And, and you know, you got Jarrett Allen down low. I, again, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that pairing. I think Jerry Allen could play center and Mobley at power forward. However, I think if you really want to max the talent, you get rid of Allen and you get Mobley at five. I don't know what we can get for Allen. Allen's very skilled. And I think they can play. I mean, honestly, those two down lows, you are, I mean, you're patrolling the paint with Allen and Mobley blocking shots. I kind of like it. Twin Towers, both have like enough, both fluid enough to cover multiple people. So maybe that will work. But I really think at, or Mobley's highest potential is going to be um, at the five position. But he, they can do a little Duncan Robinson early in Duncan's career um, for a while in, in Cleveland. It's just, can they maximize his talent? Um, and can Cleveland get to the playoffs with him? I love the, I love him. I, I think his floor is lower than Cade's, but I think his ceiling is just as, just a smidge higher than Cunningham. Again, I think Cunningham's ceiling is like a Grant Hill. I think Mobley's ceiling is almost KG and KG's over Grant Hill. That's how I kind of got to this ranking. I love both picks. And again, Mobley to the Cavs, Cunningham to the Pistons, Suggs to the Magic. Three of maybe the least interesting teams last year just got a lot more interesting. That's good for the NBA. It's great for basketball. And they're all going to get a lot of minutes early on. So that finished up my lineup. 
Mobley at number one. So again, if I had to say under my head, who's going to make the Hall of Fame at the end of the day? Love Cunningham, love Mobley, but Suggs, Sengun, and Thomas all I think have Hall of Fame potential as well. We will surface this episode. I did this last year too. We'll surface this episode again in like 20, 25 years, see how wrong I am. Um, or even, in, you know, honestly, 20 years, it's kind of a while. Maybe five years, just see if I'm on the right track. For example, I already call this out now. And I hope you don't just disregard everything you heard because I'm going to be wrong on some of these, right? Last year, I did not include Lamel, LaMelo Ball on this list. Um, I made the top five highest Hall of Fame potentials from last class, and I didn't include the guy who won Rookie of the Year. Now, does that mean he will make the Hall of Fame? No, Michael Carter-Williams was the Rookie of the Year. He went nowhere, but after watching LaMelo Ball actually play in the NBA, he has great potential. He's a lot better feel than I ever could have imagined. He stopped shooting like 30 shots a game like he did in the Australian League. That's all I had to go off of. Like His Lithuanian and Australian League performances looked pretty terrible, but he actually became a really good teammate. Even when he wasn't scoring, he rebounded and passed at a very high level. Love watching play. I think he's going to be a lot better than his brother Lonzo. Um, so I was really wrong on, on him. I think I was right on a few other players. So take, again, take what I say with a grain of salt today. All five of these guys are not going to be Hall of Famers, but I think they all have Hall of Fame potential. So the Brooklyn Nets, Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons and the Cleveland Cavs should all feel very happy about their drafts. I really do feel like the Magic, Detroit, and um, Cleveland all got number one picks, and only Cade Cunningham was the number one pick. So very deep draft, very good draft. Super excited now for the NBA season. But that kind of wraps up my hall or my my NBA draft coverage. Um, I'm really glad I need the NBA draft this week to distract me because. If any of you follow me on Twitter, you know I fell apart kind of near the end of the week when the Cubs decided to offload our entire team. Not going to go on about that here. I almost made a pot about it, but it was just going to be way too dark. So I'll leave that to just my, my own friends I'll complain about. But thank you for joining for the draft recap. Uh, next week, we will have a normal episode. It'll be a baseball episode. Uh, so I really hope you join. It, it's, it's a really good one. Uh, had a lot of fun with the guests. So join us next Monday for a normal episode. It's a baseball episode. And um, until then, you know, if you don't already follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, follow us on Twitter at Pot of Fame. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you hate any of these picks, email us at potoffame at gmail.com. Thank you for joining again. And have a great week. And the world